Welcome. It's another MPO Sports Podcast. This is where we take care of the rest of the sport. You would have probably heard our AFL edition um, last week. So it's time to discuss all things in other sporting areas. I am joined by Aaron. How are you going, Aaron? I'm going all right, Tim. How's yourself? Good, thank you. And our own Mike Sheehan, JW Wharf. How are you? Good, good, mate. How are you, lads? Awesome. Awesome. No, we're going all right. It's good to have you back on deck, Jeremy. Yes. Yes. If I, maybe um, Sammy and Don might have a chat with us on how to get people back on deck. <laughs> might actually help. We'd have to have a chat to them because they haven't got Mike back on deck. No, that's what I mean. We'd have to give them some – we'd have to be advisors. We'd have to go in and do a, a um, internal review and come up with the responses. That's how they tend to handle it in the AFL. But nothing, we won't take anything away from Rocket because Rocket actually, I think, does a better job than Michael did anyway. Uh, yeah, I don't mind Rocket's work. Yeah, Rocket's pretty good. He keeps them in line and occasionally sides with Don, which is always entertaining. But enough said about those um, lovely gentlemen. Let's get into it. Uh, we're going to first of all start um, discuss the A-League Grand Final under the World Game. Was now, there an A-League Grand Final? <clears throat> there was an A-League Grand Final. Um, just to refute your um, lack of knowledge there, I'll also highlight that uh, Melbourne Victory won the wooden spoon. On, on, on <laughs> well, that, well, well, just adding to the silverware <clears throat> in our cabinet. <laughs> Actually, it's funny, um, obviously, because our listeners know that I'm a Melbourne City member, et cetera, like that. But um, at the game, someone gave Archie Thompson a wooden spoon trophy and he absolutely loved it. That guy, he may be terrible over the um, TV, you know, not the you know perfect um, commentator on the game, but I tell you what, he makes up for it in absolute spadefuls as far as engaging with people at the game. He's awesome. I've got yeah, nothing yeah. but positiveness to say. Always, about always been, always been a great, <clears throat> char- great character, Archie. Oh, look, and seriously, the new, the new um, people taking care of the TV rights. Would be mad if they don't have him in some capacity because yeah. he, yes, he's not great on the camera like some others, but he does engage people. But anyway, the early grand final anyway. was played at Amy Park at five oh five p.m. on Sunday. Today is Wednesday, the thirtieth of June. Just to put it in perspective, so it's a few days after it. And <clears throat> when um, Sydney got the first goal through Costa Barbarossa, so I'm thinking, oh, here we go. It's going to be the usual. Sydney sort of game, and um, lo and behold, Nathaniel Atkinson kicks an absolute ripper to tie it. Then there was the controversial penalty that was um, a foul on uh, Luna in the box, which um, if people have read the media, um, Mr Corica has completely said it wasn't a penalty. Yet. Oh, what's your view, Tim? My, your, unbi- your unbiased view. My unbiased view was you'll see that same incident, say another five, you know, so say you see it five times, they're probably going to 50-50, maybe three times not, two times call it. And the bottom line is if they call it, VAR would never have any rights to overturn it. And that's what sort of happened. They had no way of overturning it. I do think Luna played for it. But that is the risk you take as a defender near the box. You've got to be extremely careful. It probably would have been a free kick up the pitch anyway. Um, but, oh, look, I'd be disappointed if I was Sydney at, at any penalty. 
Look, irrespective. I've, I've played the game a long time myself <clears throat> as a defender <clears throat> as well. Yep. Um, if you go down in the box, you cannot complain about what happens next. If you if you go down if, <clears throat> if you're the defender and you go for a slide tackle or whatever, yep. and you take if you don't win the ball, you cannot complain about what comes <clears throat> next. Yeah, and th- this yeah. was more of a push sort of thing. And but I mean, end of the day, it rewarded a crafty forward, I yep. suppose you could say. But oh, that's the thing too. But yeah, you, <clears throat> if you if you get yourself in those vulnerable positions, <clears throat> of course, a forward's going to go down, isn't he? It's, yeah. it's that simple. You've got to be smarter as a defender, especially at be... that level, that occasion. Um, now, I didn't watch all of the game, but it, it, in those situations, like if you go down in the box. Um, you can't complain if there's a penalty awarded. You make contact in the box. You get yourself in a poor position, and you make contact. You cannot complain about what comes next. Well, you're giving the referee a decision to think about, aren't you? Well, well, not really. Once you put yourself in that awkward position and you make contact, you're actually giving the referee a reason to give a penalty, aren't you? Yeah, I would have thought so. And look, um, Mr. Corica then whinged about the Luke Bratton. Um, basically two yellows, see you later. And <clears throat> he tried saying that the first yellow wasn't even a yellow, where every every man and their dog that watched the game, whether they were even in the very biased Sydney commentary box or um, <clears throat> just watching it at home, he went in studs first. The only thing that saved him from an automatic red was the fact he never made contact with the studs. You, you know what I mean? Like... Um, I, I think um, Mr. Corrigan... Yes, was, it was more for the reckless act, wasn't <clears throat> yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But again, much like I said before, <clears throat> if you if you go in studs up... Yep. Um, yeah. Are you just asking for trouble? You're asking for trouble. Well, it's an automatic caution anyway because of the way you go in. And if you make contact with the studs, it's an automatic red. See you later. So yeah, that's right. That's what I mean. It's just you've you got nothing to complain about there. And I, I did see that incident. And yeah, like fair enough, he didn't make the contact. But but you show the studs, um, you can't complain about that at all. Well, I must say the the one expert in Australian football that I actually, and I know in some cases I'm probably. A standalone, but the only one with worth a pinch of salt that's played the game is Bozza, and I rate his opinion. And he basically said straight up, it could have easily been a red. So he didn't know what the big fuss was about himself. And at least with him, he's not Sydney biased. That's what I was going to say. Do you think a lot of the controversy around it is because it was Sydney? <clears throat> I think so. All right, is that enough? Is that enough, Ailey? Because there's, there's something. I haven't. Before. I haven't got us through to the results. All right. Now, um, so then the great captain, um, Jamo, puts in the penalty. And obviously, in the meantime, prior to that, we say, see you later, Bratton. And then we end up getting a Galloway goal to put us two goals in front. And, of course, they won. So I know I'm happy. And, Jeremy, you've got to be careful with what you say on this podcast because Josh edits it. And he's a, he's a mad city boy himself. So, so to sum up... We're saying that um, Melbourne City brought a trophy home. Second trophy. They also won the premiership. So, yep. So, that, so they brought another trophy home. Is that what you're yep. saying? Yep. They, Is there anything the else double. that might be finding its way home, Jeremy? Uh, I'll tell you what, boys. <clears throat> um, it's coming home. Woody, well, Woody, Woody what? it's coming home. <clears throat> Football is coming home, is it, Jeremy? Football is coming home. 
all I can say is it may be coming home, but then again, the team that you're saying is bringing it home may end up staying home because they are renowned to choke at some stage. They've got a, they've got one a day at a time. Yes, one day at a time. They've got a very, very nice path to the final of England, by the way. They, they do. They've got Ukraine next up. So you'd think they're in the semis there once they get over. Uh, yeah, they'll get, <clears throat> get over them. Um, yeah, then, the, then they face the winner of Denmark and, and the Czech Republic. Czech Republic, yeah, that's who, right. they, it's, who, they, who they've beaten already. It's, it's, it's a nice... It couldn't be aligned better for them, could it? Whereas uh, basically the two form teams of the Euro tournament are playing each other in the quarterfinals on the other bracket, on the other side of the bracket, uh, Belgium and Italy. Belgium and Italy. And um, I think um, probably if England make the final, um, they'll probably be facing the winner of that Belgium-Italy game, wouldn't they? I would have thought so. Switzerland and Spain are in another quarterfinal, but neither of them are really formidable at the moment, are they? Not compared to the other two. Well, all I can say is England are bloody lucky that um, Slatan didn't decide to allow 10 other blokes to play with him and he played the uh, Euros because England would be no chance because <coughs> England could not beat the Lion anyway. Yeah, the, the big thing coming out of it, it's always, and it's always going to be the case with England, is... Um, now, three Lions is better than one. That, that's right, it is. <laughs> three Lions is better than one. Um, but um, Not if you're Slatan. A lot of... A lot of uh, English football fans um, have a, a love-hate relationship with, regardless of who the manager is. Um, but um, do you think Gareth Southgate can ignore starting Jack Grealish any longer? Uh, the jungle drums are beating, aren't they? Because he, he made, finally made it onto the pitch. Yeah. And he, he would, sets up the two goals and um, England go through. Be, maybe that's the role he should play, though. I don't think... I don't think I think Saka's been disgusting. I just think there's going to be a lot of a lot of push for Grealish to start against. Um, um, hey, there's the nothing. Ukraine. There's nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with being the sub that comes on and changes the game. What's the thing? There's nothing wrong with having options either, is there? Yeah. Uh, Woody. Uh, did, did you notice when they, when when they scored, he was on the pitch? So. Um, yeah. And know. he did set up the Kane goal as well. There's a more. There's a more important question to be asked about the Euros, and Woody. The the question is. That lovely team from the Bundesliga. How many players have they got? And what's the team called again? Um, well, look. I'd... Oh, Borussia. B- Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, they did have a couple of players in the German They did. Side. I don't know that they've got any left at the moment, though. I, um, I haven't done that research. Um, but it's always good to mention Borussia Mönchengladbach on the pod, isn't it? All, all I can say is that was a very much a look-away pass from Magic Johnson to you then. But anyway. That no, was good. I appreciate it. <clears throat> Which is a good segment to lead into the NBA discussion. Well, any any uh, rundown we had on the NBA is just completely blown to bits. It has. But just quickly, before we today. go to the NBA, do we actually... I know Jeremy's backing in England. Um, who are you backing to, to win the Euros there, Tim? Well... Um, myself and um, the NPO Sports Podcast put a tenor on Belgium. So yeah. I just hope to hell um, it's an England-Belgium final if that's possible. And we watch Jeremy cry as Belgium win. But yeah, I bet Belgium were my, my uh, pre-tournament pick and I'm happy to stick with them at the moment. So yeah, it's, it's, coming, as, it's coming on. As Jeremy mentioned, Belgium and England are probably the two form teams left. And, so. I, and I might say um, for a $10 um, it, you know, sort of risk at a $75 return. So not bad odds. Anyway, 
Um, after that Magic Johnson assist to Woody, we'll move on to the NBA. And I've got listed Simon's future, Simmons's future, sorry. Simons would be one M, it's two M's. Um, so Simmons is future because obviously there's a lot of discussion um, that he can't shoot. Um, he's lost confidence with shooting. Uh, where's he go? If he goes, do they get rid of him? Far away, yeah. lads. Who's, think- to say, who's to say, Woody, that he doesn't just go to a really bad team and basically makes it his own team? And gets his confidence uh, so sky high again. Well, there's no reason he can't do that. But who's? Well, why couldn't he go to um, someone like Minnesota, for example? Um, they've got um, Anthony Edwards there, don't they? They've got Edwards um, and Towns and-, and Towns. So they've got a few yeah. shooters around him, don't they? Um, yeah, even though yeah. even though Towns is a big man, he's actually a pretty decent shooter. Yeah, he, he, he can shoot the three quite well. Um, got a little Min- Minnesota's stuff. probably a bad example, but. Again, like they're they're a poor team, um, but yeah, if you just you got a poor team with um, some some guys that like to shoot, why wouldn't he fit in there? Here's a fun Golden State one for you. Um, Golden State offer up Wiseman, number seven pick, number fourteen uh, for Simmons. Do, does uh, Daryl Morey hang up the phone? I don't think so. I think um, I think that's quite a plausible trade to be honest they'd have to throw in Wiggins as well to match his salaries yeah that that's the only problem um yeah. and that that's probably the biggest the so, biggest loss for so, Wiggins, um, uh, so Wiseman could learn under Embiid yep. and Wiggins will play a similar role to Simmons defensively yeah but with so he, that though does do, do they only look at taking on Wiseman for the short term and then using Philly would then look to trade him in a year yeah, or be, two as he develops. Yeah. Um, so if they had that that um, foresight, um, it, it could be an even better trade for them come five uh, years down yeah, the track, he, couldn't it? He'd be, he'd be an asset, yeah. Um, it's definitely not a bad trade. Um, one, one proposal that I did see, and it had no credible source, but for me it makes a little bit of sense, is just a straight swap between Kyrie and Ben Simmons. Um, uh, I, I could see why I, Brooklyn would do that. Definitely appealing to Brooklyn. I think. I don't think, I don't think KD would sign off on that. Yeah, I, I think it, it, it's got appeal to Brooklyn because you've got KD and um, Harden that like to shoot. So why couldn't you give the ball to Simmons and dish it out to them? But yeah, then again, Harden and KD also like to have the ball in their hands. Um, and and Kyrie's the odd man out in in Brooklyn at the moment as well. Um, and I think he's the sort of player that could fit in in Philly, but um, you give him some good bloody looks, that's for sure. Yeah, I just <laughs> it's it's interesting more so I think, than uh, I likely. A, I don't think your your Orlando Magic uh, have really have anything that they could offer up for for Simmons, do they? Or, or even Kyrie, like I'd... they got. I mean, they got they got a, they got they do have two picks in the top eight. Yeah, they got pick five and pick eight. But I don't think Philly are after picks though. No, they they're, they're definitely not after picks. Would they're Philly, after, would Philly take a team. spud? Would Philly take a spud at all? Oh, if it helps their salaries cap, really? That's could, the could, only could thing. the Lakers maybe give them um, Kuzma if it fit in their salary cap, and yeah, that was I the only what, issue. Kuzma, I, I, any superstar yeah. going to the LA uh, thrown up in a trade, Kuzma's going straight there. Yeah, that's right. If you speak to any Laker fan, and, and, and let's Kuzma, be honest. Does it even have to be a superstar? It's just got to be an even B-grade player 
you'd, you'd ship off Kuzma as quick as you can. Oh, it's just gonna be a, just gonna be a consistent player that, that that you know what they're gonna do each week, and you'd say Kuzma goodbye. I love I love the way LeBron just looks at Kuzma. He looks at him with just disgust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just he just, he, he's, anytime uh... he does something. <laughs> so um, yeah, so I think. Clutch might run him out, run him out of town. Yeah, I think. But back back to the initial question. I think Simmons does definitely leave Philly, um, especially if you listen to. Well, Doc Rivers was asked after they they got knocked out and said, um, "Is Ben Simmons the sort of point guard that you can um, rely on to win a championship?" And he said, "I don't know." Uh, that's a not a vote of oh, confidence. Yeah. He was just answering it honestly, I suppose. Oh, he's he was being, honest. He's being polite. He honest was honest. Polite. He was honest, but that's a good a good sign that um, he doesn't have confidence. And then um, there was there was a point where um, Simmons turned down an easy layup and dished out for a, a corner three. I can't remember who it was, but it missed anyway. And um, they asked Embiid um, what the turning point in the game was, and he goes, "I don't want to blame anyone, but when you give up an easy two, <laughs> easy two, yeah. you get one free throw. That's so you've got you, you've got the coach." And um, the guy that was having an MVP season saying, "Yeah, we're not sold on him." Um, yeah, those he, two never, really, those two never really got along. In, no. Um, but, um, the question is though, too, asking a coach that's already been sacked previously from another team because of underperforming, he's going to look in his first year for an, any excuse to sort of make up for the fact they didn't go any further, possibly to deflect from his own shortcomings. Oh, yeah, and I think that's why you might see him try to ch- to shake things up a little bit. We got next on the rundown here. Uh, Trey Young, we'll just tie that into the whole Eastern Conference thing because this uh, this series is bordering on a joke uh, right now. Sorry. Well, that's right. Um, Trey Young missed today's game. Bone bruise uh, in his foot. So he and he was on one leg the previous game because he didn't right. complete so, it. And he was um, he was having a very good play postseason altogether, really, wasn't he? Yeah, he was being fantastic. Um, yeah. This would be a coming of age for him, really, wouldn't it? And it sort of his, his coming out party. <clears throat> And um, he's out injured. Who knows how long? Giannis has done his knee today. And if you've been on social media or seen um, the injury live, um, that could potentially be... Hyperextension, which is his knee didn't go from side to side, which might might be ACL. It went went sort of backwards. Um, It bent the wrong way, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I still don't see how he plays the rest of the series. I don't think... I don't think you'd risk it. I don't think they'd risk it long term. Look, to be honest, I think absolute best case scenario. Let's assume um, Milwaukee did get through, so their best case scenario, um, he probably misses the first three or four games of the finals anyway. Really, doesn't he? Yeah, I believe so. But um, I think if if you if you lined up the two teams and say, all right, who's the best? Who's the best team without their star? I think I think Atlanta are deeper. I, I think they are. Yep. Um, well, you just got to look at um, well, who's at on the today's bench, game. Who's on the what? bench for the Bucks? Bobby Portis and Connors. yeah, that's right. That's um, well, that's the thing. So with Trey Young out, um, Lou Williams comes in. Yeah, not a horrible option. No, no. Um, they've also got Cam Reddish sitting there, who who's been going okay, really, hasn't he? Like this is his second year, <clears throat> um, and he's well on the way to making a good career for himself. Um, there's a guy by the name of Clint Capella. Um, 
Just doing some magical things, isn't he? Just throwing, <laughs> throwing stuff over the backboard and just swishing shots. Just just a sky hook from behind the backboard. Yeah, Is it generally fair to say that the Hawks are possibly the best team, not with the star power, but the best team? Uh, I think um, what we're saying is, I think, no, the Bucks are the best team. We, because... Uh, Giannis, at full strength. Yeah, because Giannis' star power is so great. I'm saying team, as in take the star power at the best team, because they've gone to the conference finals, so surely they've got something going for them. I think I think that's what Woody and I were alluding to. I think without their two best players, without Trey and without Giannis, Atlanta's got the deeper, got the deeper. But, deeper but let's let's look over to the West as well. So um, we've taken Trey Young out of Atlanta, Giannis out of Milwaukee. Let's take Chris Paul out of Phoenix. And Kawhi Leonard is out for the Clippers. Um, I think the Hawks still stack up, don't they? Yeah, they do, don't they? Yeah. I would, yeah. from what that, that I've seen said, of the Hawks, I wouldn't eliminate them even if the stars are there. They just don't tend to give up. No, nah, well, that's right. They've got that quality about them, don't they? But um, yeah, I think. And then, and then you throw the stars back in, and I still think that the Hawks have the edge. Um, no, I think. I, no, I think with a healthy Giannis. The Bucks would end up steamrolling. No, I think just just with their just with their size, I think they can't. It'll be it'll be a miracle for the Hawks just to have three hot shooting games in a row and get to the finals. Well, yeah, we, you, saw, you saw what happened in game two. Yeah, that's right. We we've seen Trey get hot a couple of times, but then he's had a couple of down games as well, hasn't he? Yeah. But the only thing is with the Hawks, they just tend to. Um, have the most ticker I've seen in a sports team for a long time. Oh, they've definitely got that edge <laughs> over the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. Well, their intensity today was off the chart. They're not going to be even with with a full strength Bucks. They're not going to bend over and say beat us, are they? No, no. They haven't all playoffs. No. <clears throat> and that's the thing. Like with Giannis out for at least this series, you would think um, the Hawks just firm as favourites. Yeah, I reckon um, in the West, I reckon, I reckon Suns Clippers will go seven. Yeah, I think it. I think it will. No, I don't at the see. I don't see the Suns winning tomorrow. No, that's at um, the Staples Centre. Yeah. As well, isn't it? Yep. Um. Yep. So they'll they'll tie that the Clippers and we'll go to Game Seven. Go to seven, and it's anyone. And then who knows? Who knows what could happen? I'd still like to see Phoenix go through. Um. I think everyone's got that affection for Chris Paul, if nothing else. I, I love it. Paul George plays one great game, and everyone's like. I can't understand the bargain. I was like, no, no, no. Um, you can understand the bargain. He wasn't good. No, that's right. I actually had so a quick so look don't at... just say, so, so It's a cycle. So don't just say, oh, he, he, had, he had a good game. All right. Oh, quick. Everyone's talking, talking about the West, though, and the Suns, you, you can't go past watching Booker. He's brilliant. Yeah, Booker's fantastic. He is he, great. He's been every bit as impressive as um, Trey Young's been, hasn't he? Like they've both both um, announced themselves as probably the the faces of um, their conferences for the next maybe ten years. Yeah, and you take Aiton over Gobert at the moment, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely, DeAndre Aiton, and um, just his his game winner tapping um, last week was a bit of a uh, it's just been, it's one been for the solid. highlight rule. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we mentioned him on the last. On the special, actually, DeAndre Ayton. It's been a bit of a sleeper and a bit of an unsung hero. Um, and he's actually starting to put up better numbers, but um, he's always had a very good impact on the side anyway. All right. Well, um, just basically, who do you see 
playing off in the finals, and who do you see winning it? Look, I'm afraid, I'm afraid we won't get rid of the Clippers just yet. As much as I'd love to see it, um, they just they just smack of a team that will go to a game, go to a game seven in Phoenix, and and really turn it on. I hope I'm wrong, but uh, as far as the other series goes. Jeez, that's anyone's at the moment. Uh, if Giannis is out, then the Hawks might steal the next game in Milwaukee. So that, that'll send them home. And as, as we saw today, they won by a lot. So. Yeah, yeah right. no, I'm going to go with um, with Atlanta and, and Phoenix. Uh, How's, um, you would have got good odds at the start of the season to have that as a finals, wouldn't you? Here's a question. Um, how good's um, KD's um, Achilles these days? Any chances? Perfect. Him twinging it again? Absolutely none. Mm, bummer. Anyway, a, a good he's chance <clears throat> he's going to be having an MVP caliber season next. Well, he's playing. Year. He's playing forty-eight minutes a game, so that'll tell you something, right there. Yeah, and, and dropping a point a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, well, that's enough NBA um, because there's nothing to talk about the Lakers, so we'll move on. Combat sports. We've got McGregor and Poirier, number three, and I know Woody's been jousting with many people on um, Twitter, I think, in particular, because um, just for the listeners, you won't be getting much comments from Woody on Facebook um, due to a jail (laughs) sentence. But um, the bottom line is, there's a lot of people saying McGregor's going to knock him out with his left, I think it is, by memory. Yep. So, yeah, there's a few people saying that McGregor's got this because, you know, you go back and look what he did in their first fight. Well, their first fight was seven years ago and it was also at 145 pounds. This is at 155 pounds, <clears throat> which is the same weight they wore fought at only a few months ago when Dustin Poirier knocked him out. And a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, no one can stand the power of Conor McGregor's um, overhand left. Well, yes, they can, because the turning point in that second fight was when McGregor hit Poirier with a very, very clean overhand left. And um, Poirier just stood there and shook it off and thought, if that's the best he's got, then I don't have much to worry about. And then he just... um, sort of felt him out a bit more and um, then he went for the kill and, and put him to sleep. And I think, um, yeah, Poirier is a much better, well, a, a more well-rounded fighter and has a lot more tools than McGregor. McGregor does have that overhand left, but he's got multiple ways of setting it up. Um, but he still always reverts back to that, that left hand. I must Very- say, Woody, um, one thing that um, I listened to Chael the other week and he was talking specifically about this fight. And Chael um, did say that um, McGregor is a different beast when he's coming off a loss. So it's like he, he sometimes he can lack, um, what's to say, the, the killer instinct when he's just yep. winning and winning. So he may be a slightly different proposition in this third fight than what he was in the second fight. Yeah, he might be. But <clears throat> one thing that people forget about, Dustin Poirier, because his combos are so good and his boxing so crisp, um, <coughs> is they forget that he's actually got a decent ground game. Now, we know that, that Connor's good enough defensively um, to defend the takedowns and whatever, but um, 
Yeah, I, I think um, if, if Poirier can get him on the ground and get him worried about submissions and stuff like that, even if he doesn't keep him down, um, once they get back up, McGregor's still going to have to be worried about that takedown, which then might open up opportunities on the feet for Poirier. Yeah. So I, I, I would be I'd be backing Poirier for a third or fourth round KO. Well, the, the thing is, too, with um, McGregor, he's probably a bit like Izzy once he's on the ground. He might have a good defence, but he doesn't have much once he's on once he is um, taken down. Yeah, well, that's the thing that we've seen with the Izzy and um, <coughs> Dan Blahowicz fight, wasn't it? Just once you get him down and you you drop a couple on him, um, yeah, he, he's a bit easier to, to keep down. But we, we still really haven't, other than Khabib, we haven't really seen anyone do that to McGregor, have we? Like his, his defence no. has always been good enough and he always seems to get back up. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, if Poirier can at least worry him that that's an option, that might open up the options for for a few combos and so so in a nutshell, if you're putting money, you'd be putting money on Porio. Yeah, <clears throat> no worries. By, by KO. No worries. All right, we'll move on. Um, there was a boxing match that was meant to be scheduled down under here, and it was going to be Zoo and Zarafa. Um, now Zarafa has um, actually pulled the pin, and there'll be a fighter coming in on a week's notice. It was on the Gallon card against um, Hooney. Yeah, and we still don't know who. <clears throat> there's, there's one of four or five that they can pick from for that. So I think they've named him Sparkle or whatever. They... Oh, have they? Yes. Because yep, I yep. only heard that like, Zarafa's only officially pulled out as a matter of yeah, nah, probably three hours ago. Sparkle, we whatever they call him, um, yep. the fellow that's stepping up. Okay. Yeah, what, yep. what, did he, what, what was his reason for pulling out? Uh, concerns about COVID restrictions is the official <clears throat> party line. They, so they didn't try to pull any strings? Uh, no, I think um, might be a bit of ducking going on, to be honest. I, I'd say he's potentially got the media attention he wanted. Yeah, It's kept him relevant in some respects, and that's about it. I don't think we give also, that... Also, setting up another fight, possibly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he will get in that path, I I think, um, yeah. Anyway, I, I think we've spent enough um, time on that. But something that we decided to slot in to discuss in this section, and I think it's actually quite a good subject when you consider every other fighting um, body tends to have an overarching body that makes the rules and keeps the promoters in line. Now, Francis is having a few issues with Dana. Yes, yes, he is. So... Francis Ngannou got their heavyweight <clears throat> title off Stipe Miocic three months ago. And um, now Dana White is saying because of Francis's inactivity, um, they're going to book an interim heavyweight title fight um, between Derek Lewis and Cyril Gane, which, don't get me wrong, could be a cracking fight. However, um, three months, you shouldn't be expecting your your champions to defend every three months that's just ridiculous as long as they do it about once every 12 months that's more than acceptable or or or, or probably at the mo a minimum if once every six months twice a year depending on what happens in the fight oh but depending on other things you know if there's other circumstances you can handle once every 12 months yeah um but for me this just stinks of um dana white's arrogance <clears throat> and another reason that tim alluded to that there's no governing bodies um, so Dana can essentially do what he wants, can't he? 
Until um, the bosses at UFC say, we've had enough of you, Dana. Yes. And, and we've seen him play these sorts of games with everyone before. He's done it with Rob Whittaker. Um, <coughs> officer Whitt- officers, he offered Whittaker um, the rematch with Adesanya, knowing that he wouldn't be able to fight in the time frame and under the conditions that were offered. And then he comes out and says, <coughs> oh, he, we offered him the fight and he turned it down and we don't know why. Um, Dana plays these games all the time. But for me, what I think's happened here is, um, and, and Dana's blaming um, Francis Ngannou's manager, but what I think's happened is Francis Ngannou's got the belt. He now wants more money, which he thinks he deserves as the champion, which is uh, more than um, an acceptable stance, I would have thought. Um, and Dana doesn't want to pay him more, so now he's playing these games, and that's what he does. He just wields his power and says, oh, well, if you don't want to fight, someone else will, mm. and that, that's why they need a, a fighter's union or an overseeing body because Dana just – it's all about him now. Yeah, and look, eventually he'll fall on his sword, but it's like how long's it going to take? Especially like he's saying, oh, inactivity after three months and he's playing these games. <clears throat> I mean – if, it, if it's Connor or Izzy or one of his favourites, I mean, they could go 12, 16 months without defending the belt and he'll I make excuses Connor, for them. Now, tell me if I'm wrong, but I reckon Connor could have gone even 18 months. It was very close. I can't remember the exact <coughs> amount of time, but it was well over 12 months. Like, he, um, the other thing, too, that he's done is, has he even considered um, what Stipe's next move is? I know Stipe wanted to have a bit of a break, but... Surely he's not completely out of the equation. Yeah, um, only just dropped the title, and he's more than like, and he did beat the guy previously in a fight. Yeah, he <clears> did, <throat> but the way that it finished as well, um, I think he he does need to get back in line, um, and probably have another two fights. Um, so I think if, if you <clears throat> booked Garnet versus Lewis as the number one contender fight, you let <clears throat> you let Engano have the longer layoff, whether it's nine ten months. You book. Lewis and Garnet for a couple of months, and then the end of the year, you book, they they fight for the title, the winner. I think that's more than fair for every party. But yeah, Stepe's back in the queue now. I think. Hmm. You see, I, I don't, I don't come at the old. Um, there's people jump you when you've been the champion and you've you know beaten people that you just because you got knocked out that you know because we know it can take one punch. I don't. Oh, especially at the heavyweights. <clears throat> yeah, I don't come at that as an excuse for him being put back in the line. I would have thought um, he should have every chance to within, you know, the first couple of title defences to have a rematch. But anyway. Yeah, I, I think <clears throat> we're more likely to see Stipe retire than make a title run. Mm. Yeah, look, you're probably right. But I, I, I just don't come at the old, he got knocked out. He was the champion. He defended it successfully. Quite Multiple a few times. times. Yeah, I don't come at that. Well, he's so, actually defended the heavyweight, <clears throat> heavyweight belt more than anyone else. So Yeah. So, I mean, that's in the bank. He's got credits in the bank. Yeah, All that's right. right. The other um, thing, which is just really a tidbit, is the Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. And um, Aussie Hector had a bit to uh, say with his um, windmill punches when, uh, when he was um, being interviewed after his title win. Yeah, it, um, Bare Knuckle is gaining in popularity. Um, and this this will have one of two effects. It'll either get them more fans or it will lose them a lot. So what's happened is Hector Lombard, he's um, knocked out Joe Riggs to win the Cruiserweight belt. 
Lorenzo Hunt, who's on a four-fight win streak in the cruiserweight division, um, while Lombard's in getting interviewed in the ring, getting interviewed after the fight. Um, uh, Lorenzo comes in, um, which would have been tailored by the powers that be at um, Bare Knuckle to have the uh, the likely number one contender stare down the the new champion in the ring. But, um, Hector obviously didn't get that memo and he didn't like seeing Hunt there and he's just um, a quick one-two combo and, um, yeah, not a good look for any sport that wants some credibility and relevance, I don't think. Um, and, look, Hector's a bit of an axe murderer at the best of times in his attitude. So yes, that's what, correct. Wasn't pretty. wasn't very smart. Um did Hector pretty much take care of business pretty well in his fight, you know, or Yeah, he did. He <clears throat> did. He um he he looked pretty good to be honest. Um, he w- he wasn't the world's worst MMA fighter, neither was he. No, nah, well when he came across <clears throat> to the UFC and I can't remember what promotion he came from. Um but yeah, he did look to be honest, I I thought he would have done better in the UFC than he actually did. <clears throat> uh, he was a bit underwhelming. Um, but, yeah, then he's gone across to Bare Knuckle, which seems to be all the rage at the moment. There's a lot of fighters that leave the UFC for there now. And he's the um, second Australian champion in the Bare Knuckles. Yeah, so he... Um, <clears throat> We're not allowed although, to mention the other champion's name, but... No, um, no let's not. But um, Hector is now a champion. So, And um, hi, Rowdy Beck. And we'll move <laughs> on to the next um, subject, which is cricket. And we were going to discuss the World Test Championship final. All I can say is... We had a vested interest in that, didn't we? We did, and all I can say is never let it ride. Go with your gut instinct, because otherwise it will bite you on the A. Or the other piece of advice is <clears throat> don't don't go with my tip. That That's another option you could look at. The kiss of death. Listen that, to that, that for that the next AFL work. episode. Um. So, yeah, did, um, did you want to give a... Your quick thoughts on that, Jeremy, on the uh, the the um, Test Championship final? Um, oh, look, it, this, the conditions, in the end, the conditions were always going to suit New Zealand. It's very, very similar to the conditions New Zealand play in. Well, I won't say very similar. It's much more similar than it is Indian conditions, is it not? Yep, that's fair. Most conditions anywhere else in the world are very dissimilar to the subcontinent's conditions. Indeed. So that gave, that gave New Zealand a bit of a, a, bit of a leg up to start. Um, but when, the, when they actually got some play underway and the whips are cracking, <clears throat> India, well, they, I reckon they went meekly. Well, Tim mentioned before when we were talking about the NBA that um, Atlanta just seemed to have a lot of fight in them. Um, whereas India didn't really put up any resistance, did they? As soon as the first couple of wickets fell in that second innings, um, they just crumbled. All they needed to do was probably <clears throat> bat another 50 or 60 overs and we would have had a draw. But, um, yeah, they just crumbled, really. Well, their premier batsman and arguably the premier batsman in the world was like a flat-track bully over there. He did nothing. Didn't even whimper. No, well, he didn't, he didn't make a 50, but he did make... Um, 44 in the in the first innings, but um, yeah, just India. They got rolled for 217 in the first innings and then 170. So um, they would have been hoping for more from Kohli, though. 
Yeah, you, you're not mm. gonna you're not gonna win too many games when you're when you're getting rolled for two hundred and seventeen and then one seventy. Are you? Well, no, you're <clears> not, all I had to do was not going to win too many series when your cap, when your captain's not uh, doing what he should be doing. They had one thing they had to do: one job. That two sessions on the last day, and then New Zealand were no chance of winning. Yep, that's right. But um, yeah, they, as you said, they were uh, went out without a whimper, really, didn't they? No, they didn't. So and... their, top, their top scorer <clears throat> in their second innings with um, Pant, who's their wicketkeeper, he only, he made forty one. Um, and in the first innings, their top scorer was Rahani on 49. So they couldn't even get anyone to 50. Now, did I um, read correctly? But, or actually, no, I know what it was. I heard it on the um, Road to the Ashes um, podcast. They had Warney on. And I reckon Warney pointed out that with this game, um, the only reason Australia weren't in it was due to loss of points, I think, for overrates or some rubbish. Uh, and no, notwithstanding losing to India at home. Yeah. Yeah, well, they seem to, and they're probably a little bit more over the game than ourselves, they um, seem to be going down the pathway of the penalties for poor overrates and things like that. It was oh. um, costly for them getting a spot in that final. Well, that, that opens up another <laughs> discussion there anyway about overrates. I don't think there's any excuse for a slow overrate, is there? Well, traditionally, Australia have never really had trouble with overrates. It's usually been the Windies or someone like that. But, yeah, there's there's no excuse for not getting, <clears throat> getting your 90 overs in a day. There's plenty of time for that. So You would think. If, yeah. if, if that's if that's what's cost them, then, then they need to address that. Mm. And, obviously, Tim Payne takes the fall for that, um, which probably just adds more fuel to the fire for those that um, like to use him as a whipping boy. <laughs> yeah, look... Um, Stephen Smith's not the answer as Captain Neva, so I'd stick with Payne at the moment if it was me, but anyway. Well, Payne's, Payne's been an excellent captain. I think yeah. he has. He, but uh, even he, captains yeah. have to perform, though, so that's probably the big cloud over him, isn't it? He, has, yeah, well, he hasn't been, he's been solid without being spectacular with the bat. I've been very disappointed with his batting. I think he's thrown away his wicket numerous times, which a captain shouldn't do. I think a lot of the times that um, Australia's lost um, and he's gone out cheaply or early, he gets a lot of the flack. But um, I counter that by saying if you're relying on your number seven to make hundreds to win your games, you probably need to be asking the questions of your top six. I don't disagree with that, but you also don't expect your uh, number seven to just bend over, which is he's done on a couple of occasions. Yeah, but look, the, the high <laughs> expectations that we have on a number seven or a wicketkeeper batsman are uh, solely, we lay the blame solely at the feet of Adam Gilchrist for that, don't we? He's, well, he's one, set the bar ridiculously high for well, anyone else. Once in a generation player, the Australian team had three once-in-a-generation plays, and that's why they were near enough unbeatable. So what do you expect, I guess? <clears throat> and, yeah, fair, fair point. But, and, um, and, and Adam himself, well and truly, um, was welcome on that goodies bike with the other two. He certainly was a gun. So, uh, look, moving forward, um, we, uh, we're we in an Ashes year this year, aren't we? We are. England come out <laughs> at the end of the year, yep. And just before they do, there's actually a one-off test in November, um, and I think it's being played up in Canberra, possibly. Um, oh, they're playing um, they're Afghanistan. Playing Afghanistan, Afghanistan yeah, yeah, are coming right. out, which is actually a big thing for world cricket. I'm, I'm, it's only a one-off test, but I think that's a pretty big deal for world cricket. Yeah, um, 
Is that the um, test series, uh, the one-off test name in honour of uh, Mark War, the Forgotten War, Afghanistan? Oh, you you didn't get that one. You 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 knobs, absolute knobs. <laughs> that was his nickname, Afghanistan, because he was always the Forgotten War. Forgotten War, ah, very good. Yeah, anyway. very, very sharp, very sharp. Wait, yes. come on, it's. It's ten, it's ten o'clock at night. Give us some. Time. <laughs> I've just I've just played game. I've just played a game of basketball too. Incidentally, oh, um, yeah. how did the frame go? Yeah, what the basketball? Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't I don't measure my stats as much as I measure how much I annoy the people on the other team. And Box that was, score. How'd you go? That was that was sky high. I don't know. I didn't score any points. I don't think. How many assists? Um, many many assists because uh, literally. That's the only thing I'll do. So <laughs> so it's Jeremy Simmons' wharf, is it? Yeah, that, that's – you're probably not far off the mark there, actually, yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what's, what's the uh, – just before we move on to the final subject, um, what's the what's the technique? Just throw it to um, Rick or is that the rule? Uh, well, as well as throwing my elbows, throw, throw, throw it to Rick or Chappie and get out of the way. That's pretty much uh, – Okay. Pretty much our offense here. <clears throat> and what grade is it? Just incidentally. Oh, it's just uh, there's no there's no letter in grade in this one. It's just Wednesday night. We're in Wednesday night uh, group three. Okay. But I All think right. the, I think the group <clears throat> like group one is the, the best group, and so we're in the mediocre group. We're, uh, which, we're, which we're which we're bottom of, so we're worse than mediocre. And you possibly have a couple of players that could probably. You know, step out of their comfort zone and play high, but they want to play with mates, so we'll leave it at that. Anyway, um, we'll move on to the uh, NFL, and the first point of discussion I have written down is Aaron Rodgers. Um, tell us, what does he still want out? Is it he does? He doesn't, then he doesn't, then he does, and he doesn't. Um, which is very, very unlike Aaron Rodgers, not to, not to make up his mind. So I think, yeah, that's right. I think. Um, I don't think he wants out it's as such. I think he wants to stay as long as everything's on his terms. Hasn't it always been on his terms? Um, yes. So he he's not happy with the uh, GM, um, Brian Judikins. I always struggle to say that. Brian is easy to Brian. say. It's just the surname. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I've got, yes. got the Brian thing sorted. Um, but what's happened is, yeah, he obviously wants out or said he wants out, but um, who's going to take him on is the first first thing. Um, well, they're going to have to they're going to have to give up a boatload to take him on. Yeah, that's right. Um, not, like, so, it's not, like, not like Tom Brady signing a free, as a, in a free, as a free agent. Yeah, that's right. He's not a free agent, and he's got about a thirty eight million dollar contract. So if you trade for him, you've got to take that on. And since how we're past the draft and everything, um, everyone's sort of planned for their salary cap and and whatnot. So it's very hard to get him into a side. Um, just based rain- on money alone. This is a reigning MVP, mind you. Yeah, that's right. This is a reigning <laughs> MVP as well. It's funny. The NFL MVP doesn't really get much celebration or kudos, does it? It's like, okay, you're the MVP. Yeah, that's right. But I think it's just – so he's come out and said he he likes his teammates. He likes the coaches. He loves the fans. He just doesn't like the GM. So that's why he wants out. Yeah, the, now, GM, the GM drafted a quarterback behind him. Yeah, but that's exactly what happened to Brett Favre when 
Aaron Rodgers' career started at the Packers. Yeah, I don't know why, um, I don't know why he, Aaron's surprised. That's he, a very Green Bay thing. It's to like do. he can't see the double standards here. He was more than happy for his career to start in that manner, but he's not happy for it to end in that manner um, when he knows very well how the Packers um, operated. And he said, oh, well, they never consulted me on who they were drafting and all that sort of stuff. Well, you're the quarterback. Um Drafting is up to the GM and the coaches. That's not Doesn't your job. really have a lot to do with you. Your job is to uh, take the snap and throw the ball. That's pretty. That, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, but as I said, he's happy with the fans. He's happy with the coaches. He's happy with his teammates. Um, so I think they're probably the three most important boxes to tick, um, especially when you're a quarterback. Because um, if the fans hate you, you're not going to have a good time, are you? Wait, is, um, he a, is, he, is he a diva? Would you put him in that diva category? Well, that's what I was getting to. So he's got three, ticked three out of four boxes and, he, and he's being a bit of a diva about the fourth one. Now, obviously you or me haven't been around too many um, NFL teams, um, Jeremy, but I just, I'm just trying to go through scenarios in my head where – the quarterback would actually be spending a lot of time with the GM anyway. So if you don't like the GM, why does it matter? You're going to see him in the hallway and that's about it. And you just give him a wave or flip him the bird as you walk past and off you go. And that's fine. Just get on with your business. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Like fair enough, the GM will come down, um, might watch practices and stuff like that. And like um, every now and again, but he's going to be talking to the coaches and, if the players don't want to talk to him, they can walk straight past him. So I don't really see what his vision. But as you said, I, I think he definitely is being a, a diva. And whereas uh, whereas Tom Brady, he just he him and him and Belichick were they, it was known that they didn't get along, but they just got on well, with their business. Well, that's the other thing too. So Rogers wants out because he doesn't get along with the GM. Well, Brady and Belichick. Uh, potentially the greatest coach and the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, they never liked each other, but it still didn't stop them from um, winning six Super Bowls together either, did it? And I think Rogers is trying – I think he, he may have taken inspiration about Brady leaving um, New England and going to Tampa. Um, but the circumstances are different, first of all. He took six championships to his team. Um, Rogers has only taken one. Um, and Brady was also a free agent. So he had a lot of leverage where I don't think Rogers has much. And the big winner out of all this, though, is Jordan Love because he's getting all the snaps in practice. He is. He's, he's doing all the practice at the moment. So he's getting a good experience. Um, speaking of Brady, um, he was in. He was. He's on a. Uh, I think it's a HBO special. LeBron used to do it. It's called. It's called the Shop. Yeah. Where a heap of heap of athletes and various celebrities sit around the barbershop and and talk about general crap, basically. Um, and what did what did remind me again? What Tom? What, so this, at the this, very start of the video. And this this video probably only goes for about twenty five seconds, and I don't know when it's going to air or be available for us, but. Um, the, the marketing for it is perfect because I've just used this one clip from Brady and it was when he was in free agency talks um, on, on, on this um, clip that they've got, all he says was, um, seriously, you're going to go with that mother effer. And yeah, that's it. Did. That is it. 
To put it in a context, there's, there's, a team a team told him that they, that they weren't interested. But that but when this special came out, or this this promo got got plugged, there was no context. Um, it was just Brady saying, "Seriously, you're going to go with that mother effer." And with no context at all, um, which is brilliant by HBO because you have that, which is a f- fairly aggressive statement by Brady with no context. So all of a sudden, all everyone's going to have a different opinion about who that's been and who he was talking about or what the team might have been or uh, who the play might have been, which worked a treat because... He says it isn't, but I still reckon it's Jimmy G. Well, that's the thing is because a lot of people are talking about it and they're going to want to watch it to find out exactly what it is because as soon as you saw it, Jeremy, you sent it straight to me. Yeah. yeah. And I'm tipping there was millions of other people that um, sent it to their mates as well. So, Well, well, it's going to be watched because that that just created water cooler talk, didn't it? Well, that's what I mean. It It could not have been better from the HBO's marketing department. That was brilliant, yeah. Um, So... Was he? Is he talking about Jimmy G? Is he talking about Bill Belichick? I mean, there's uh, endless amounts of people it could he, be. Did he ask? Did he ask? Did he ask the Bears if he wanted to join? I don't well, know. Well, that's the thing too. That that's the funniest part, isn't it? Because I I've seen one article that said um, it wasn't in reference to Jimmy G. It was in reference to Brady potentially wanting to go with the Bears, but the Bears said. No thanks. Why do we need Tom Brady when we've got Mitch Trubisky? Was it um, in regards to um, one of the guys on um, my Mount Rushmore? Was it about Paul Crew because he got the prisoners over? Well, the it line. might have been too. Yeah. But it was essentially them saying, "Oh, if that bit's true, from what I read, um, if they're saying why do we need Tom Brady when we've got Mitch Trubisky?" It's quite funny because Trubisky's already been traded from the Bears. Well, he's, in, he's in Buffalo now, isn't he? He ended up at Buffalo, which is actually quite a handy backup to Josh Allen, who just quietly will be my MVP pick for next year. But, yeah, them saying, why do we need Tom Brady when we've got Mitch Trubisky is akin to, I can't remember what team it was back in the 1990s in the English Premier League. It might have even <clears throat> been Tottenham at the time, wherever Tim Sherwood played. Anyway, I know it was at Topham from a bit, but it might have been at a different team. Um, this team, and I think the manager may have been Kevin Keegan at the time, just off the top of my head. Don't quote me on that. Um, they were offered this young Frenchman called Zinedine Zidane. And the reply <coughs> from the coach was, why do we need Zinedine Zidane when I've got Tim Sherwood? <laughs> well, the rest, the rest is history, isn't it? Uh, which, uh, yeah, may have been a... Uh, a mistake on the manager's oh, I think part. I think you, might, you may have heard there. <laughs> <laughs> um, when talking about um, French footballers, no one picked up on my little uh, quote about seagulls on the group chat the other day. You'll have to Eric, refresh my memory. Mu- much like your Mark War joke. Yeah, well, you were waff- waffling on about some maybe could sort of wonder, yeah, sort of crap, and I just flung out the old... Um, the seagulls follow the trawler because it was it was a classic quote from the king after he'd done his eight month suspension at the press conference. That's all he said was about the seagulls and the fish trawler. I can't recall that one. No, no you, you know nothing about soccer. Oh, obviously. look, maybe maybe come up with a good joke and we'll pay attention to it, Tim. Uh, no, it's just it's <laughs> it's folklore. It's folklore. <laughs> Anyway, if it was that memorable, we would have remembered. Uh, <laughs> look, 
seriously, I feel like a guest star on the Muppet Show this week, guys. Um, neither, <laughs> neither, neither of you two have um, picked up on anything. It's just like, you know, I won't say what it, what it is because it's politically incorrect to say it. Uh, anyway, I, I believe we've got a few things to let the listeners know. Uh, one of them is we will get back onto the Mount Rushmore next episode. So if listeners want to hit us up on social media and give us a suggestion on what topic you would like like us to turn into Mount Rushmore, that would be much appreciated. And we will also probably get back into the world of sports bets, our um, app of choice, and do a multi. Other than that, uh, Woody, what are our social media contacts for people to hit us up, including our email address? Yep, so Facebook, just search for us, um, NPO Sports Podcast. Um, We'll look to try and be a bit more active on there because we seem to be more active on Twitter than Facebook, but um, we'll try and get some interactions going on both. Um, Twitter handle is at NPO Podcast and email is npopodcast at gmail.com. And we're also on Instagram, which is poorly managed by myself, so... Do look for MPO Sports Podcast on Instagram as well. But yeah, if you um, if you take the time to get in touch with us, we'll endeavour to get back to anyone that um, engages with us. Yes, and look, Twitter as as Woody said has become our go to at the at the moment because a family member of the MPO Sports Podcast usually has an opinion on um, quite a few sports, and in particular AFL, and joins us on every AFL episode. So. Um, Woody and I will not be held accountable for any of her opinions, but listen in. <laughs> no, anyway. she's uh, been a great addition for that AFL segment. So, um, yeah, just um, go go easy on us. Yes. Yeah, just remember it's all her. So it's come to that happy ending time. Uh, I'd like to plug Josh Watson, who will be editing hopefully sometime in the next 48 hours to get this out. And he will utilise Zaggy 2's music, which is the uh, lovely music that you get introduced to, and our break music and the Huru music. Anyway, uh, it's been great having J.W. Uh, Bush back. Thanks, lads. And also, Woody, as usual, the anchor man or the kiss of death, Woody. Yep, and I'll just sign off with Jeremy's three favourite words. It's coming home. It's coming home. Uh, and look... <laughs> Uh, Thank you for joining us on The Muppet Show. 